everyone, this is Mel from the But Seriously Who Knew podcast, where I have conversations, hear stories and gain wisdom from incredible human beings, because every day is a school day and I just love to learn. But be warned, there may be a touch of swearing. Well, hello, Gemma. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. So introduce yourself, please. Um, so I'm Gemma James, the Anxiety Mindset Coach. Um, I work with anxious women and help them overcome the anxiety so they can live a more calm, confident and relaxed life. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, I know Gemma a little bit because she's very good friends with Laura, my daughter. In fact, they do a podcast together, don't you? We do. Yes. I have actually been a guest on. You have. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> Oops, we overshared again. No way connected to anxiety or anything that Lauren and I do professionally. Yes, it's just some fun. Chatting shit, to be honest. Yeah. And I love watching it because you just both get on so well. It's fantastic. So, um, but I'll put the link and stuff to that so people can go and follow that. But we're oh, back to my podcast, so, you know. Yes. So <laughs> how did you get into that, Gemma? Into the anxiety stuff yeah. or into the, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the podcast, I was railroaded by Lauren, but it was a great idea. Um. <laughs> No, no shit. No. <laughs> um, oh, I can't even say railroaded. We we both went into it willingly. Um, <laughs> the anxiety sort of side of things. I um, I've suffered with anxiety, experienced anxiety and depression for as long as I can remember. Really, uh, oh. diagnosed officially the first time I think I was thirteen or fourteen, um, and from fourteen I was put on medication. And oh, that very God. much continues. Yeah. 14, yeah. Fluoxetine at 14. That seems really young. I don't... Uh, ridiculously young. I was yeah. under a... um, Got under a psychiatrist. Yeah. At a, yeah, it, looking back, it's very much... um, It was kind of a, just take these tablets. They'll make you all right. It was almost the same as like if you go to the doctor to get antibiotics or something like that. It was very, very similar um but the mental health issues I was experiencing obviously looking back on it now which you know hindsight's 2020 and having the knowledge that I've gained from all my years of of going through my own sort of journey Mm -hmm. I do think to myself what on earth was that doctor thinking putting a child (laughs) and yeah there there was a lot of stuff with that that you just kind of think what on earth it seems crazy Um, I mean I know I know as adults people get put on it you know you do that I can remember going along with Lauren to the doctors and the questions that however many questions they tick or you cross and if you I mean anyone could get put on antidepressants if they chose to because you just have to answer the questions right or wrong or whichever way they want it to be Um, honest it's not even even now like if you go to the doctor and um even recently I had an issue with my stomach (laughs) and um I ended up with an out-of-hours appointment at the hospital Mm -hmm. and it was it was fine um and when I had the follow-up appointment by the time I went to the appointment um the the gastric issues had passed and she said to me and I said oh I said it's definitely caused by stress Mm -hmm. she was like oh why and I explained like you know I've just I've got a lot going on at the minute I've just I've had um bereavement I said my dad's really ill like I've got all this stuff going on I've got a lot going on like in my personal life my business life remember she tried to give me antidepressants and or anti-anxiety medication I was like no thanks (laughs) wow really without even offering you any like but without offering you any counseling or no anything that was it have to take a pill off your yeah yeah Yeah. I, I come off meds personally in 2017 right I'd been on them for 15 years on and off different type of medication over the years Mm. and the just for me I mean obviously for some people it works really well and some people they they that that's what works for them for me whenever I was on them I kind of felt like I was living life through frosted glass so although I never felt really depressed or really anxious I also never felt really happy or really excited yeah and I'm a very I'm a very passionate person. I'm very intense in that I experience really high highs, but then really low lows. And you've got to kind of take the rough with the smooth, right? And I would rather have those lows because I know that they pass and I get to experience the positives as well. Otherwise it just dull, the medication just kind of dulls all the emotions 
in so you're middle ground the whole time really but I and I never got excited I never yeah. got like even if you feel like you know when you start dating someone and you get those like butterflies and you're like oh my god and that even that like I think back like I never when I was on medication and it was for little pockets it wasn't consistently but you can I could so see the difference and it was yeah. like you didn't even feel excited about things like that or yeah. it was just like yeah Oh, he's nice. A friend of mine had a a benign brain tumour removed. Oh, it was just when Lauren started uni, so nearly, well, 10 years ago, nearly, if not 10 years ago this year, anyway. Um, And it was near her ear, and I can't remember what the tumour was called, um, and she's now deaf in that ear, but it also affected her emotions. And she was like that. She didn't really get upset with anything anymore. She didn't cry at all, and she didn't get excited. She didn't. There, there was literally it seems to have come back a bit but straight mm. after her operation that was it she didn't have really any emotion it just made me think about it it's amazing yeah. isn't it how things can can do that and it's it, that's not a positive thing is it to dull everything down not not as far as I'm concerned but for some people absolutely maybe. they want that that's yeah. that's that's the dream right because then if you're not all right, you never get overly happy or excited, but then I suppose if it means they don't have to experience anything yeah. to to the full extent, to yeah. some people, that's what they want. Yeah, yeah, no, true. So did you not, when you were 14, did they not offer any sort of talking therapy, CBT? Um, I've had CBT, I don't even know how many times, probably 10 times over yeah. the years. Um, But they... So because I was under a psychiatrist at 14, because I also had an eating disorder. Right. So um, because of the, I was under a psychiatrist, I had a psychiatrist that I went to go and see, but that was very different because it's not like a, a talking therapy in the way that you would expect counselling like like it is. I have had counselling. I, I worked with the same counsellor for 11 years. So it's like, but that's something I paid for off my own back. Because the counselling that I personally have had in my experience with the NHS was just, you get six sessions with this person or, you know, um, I think the most I ever had in one go was 12 sessions of CBT. But it's not, CBT doesn't work for me personally. It gives you some good uh, techniques in coping strategies or sort of trying to manage things but it doesn't get to why you feel anxious right. why you're feeling depressed it's just kind of like well rather than thinking this anxious thought think this one instead oh no I think that as well <laughs> yeah exactly oh I'll just I'll just think both of them shall yeah, I yeah. um so yeah it's not but like I say for some people it works really well but for others it doesn't and that's I think my personal opinion with the way that the NHS deals with mental health is that they take the same approach that they do with, I mean, even take cancer as an example, because mm-hmm. I always use this example with my dad in that, um, well, he, you know, he's got cancer at the minute. Fun, well, so funnily enough, obviously it's not that funny. <laughs> it's not that funny. Um, <laughs> but he's, um, he, he's, he's always suffered with his mental health and it was something we were talking about. And he was saying how like, it's really hard when people say like, why are you depressed or why are you suicidal? Like you've got so much to live for. But the comparison I'd always draw would be if you had cancer or mm. you broke your leg or something like that, you wouldn't be like, why have you got cancer? You've got so much to live for. Like, yeah. come on, don't don't be selfish. Like, yeah. you know, get up and like, oh, why did you break your leg? Like, but we we don't we don't think of mental health in the same way as we do physical health. But I think the problem with the NHS in a lot of ways is that the same way as if you go to the doctors and you're like, well, you know, you've got cancer or we're going to give you chemo or you broke your leg. We're going to do this. It's almost a to to some extent, not exactly, but to some extent, it's almost like a one size fits all approach exactly. in that these are your treatments. This is what yeah. you do off your trot. We'll try that. Then we'll, whereas with mental health, it's the starters. There's no start and finish. You can't go. We're going to give you this course of antibiotics and that's going to clear that up. No, exactly. It's, it, it can take weeks, months, years, decades even yeah. to, to heal that. And yeah. I think that's because it's such an unknown. They don't really understand how to categorise that and put it into a sort of, well, we can offer you this much treatment. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, where they do 
there, there's such a massive disconnect there. And that's why I think we, as a country as well, have such a massive issue with mental health. Well, nobody understands, do they? Unless you've experienced it yourself or see someone very close to you experience it, you don't really understand it. I mean, I suffer from social anxiety to the point where this recording was being was on 20 minutes before eight o'clock just so I wasn't late um in case I couldn't get it to work and I knew it would matter I know you enough to it not matter but it does um and sort of like going to the loo about four times before I put it to record so that you know because it's that's social anxiety it's you know no matter how comfortable I feel with someone it's always the same when I'm when I'm having an evening you know or doing something new that I'm not that comfortable with um but it but with but I can remember telling my sister about with, with Lauren's um, anxieties and stuff. And I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning it. But my sister didn't really understand why she couldn't push herself to go to uni. She couldn't just say, well, I'm going to go to uni today. You know, obviously when she was when she was in Leeds um, and set goals for herself. And I was like, but but it's the same as if you broke your leg and someone asked you to walk up Sacre-Cœur, which is 200 and something steps up a spiral staircase with no aids and no crutches and no nothing. And you you wouldn't expect someone to do that well it's no. the same as Lauren trying to get to uni it's a physical illness that yeah. she can't physically go it's not like oh well today I'll try and do this she can't do it no no exactly but that's why a lot of the time a cancer I mean yeah yeah, yeah. but then it's it, it's funny not funny haha but like the way that when someone kills himself everyone's like oh why didn't they why didn't they reach out why didn't mm. they talk why didn't they let us know? but then how many times have people tried like how many times and it's it's um I don't know if you know I've got like a membership that I run like an anxiety support yeah 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 and the whole reason why I started that was for that very reason because it's something I always struggled with was how lonely it is mm. and how don't get me wrong Lauren and I have bonded over our many shared experiences and anxiety being one of them but it's when you find someone that understands you're like almost trauma bonded for life then because it's you've got this shared experience but the the main theme even though people's anxieties or depression may be triggered by different things and may look different is the fact of how isolating it can feel Mm. because exactly that i i've lost count of how many times people have just said to me just don't worry about it <laughs> oh thank you for that i'm cured i no longer worry about that yeah. that's amazing why didn't i try that yeah, yeah and it's like it's almost insulting because when you've got something that's debilitating to the point it's stopping you doing what you want to do in life yeah, yeah. and someone's going just don't worry about it and you're like yeah. Of course, because it's that simple. I'm choosing to feel like this. Yeah. And it's and that's that's what I think a lot of people struggle with when you're when you don't have people around you that get it. And when you are surrounded by friends or family, co-workers that don't understand yeah. and that you kind of then get to a point where you feel like you have to put this front on. Mm-hmm. I mean, and- I definitely don't fully understand with Lauren or other mental health and I've done training in it you know and and done a psychology degree so I'm in a good place and I and I get it but I but I can't even with my anxieties can't put myself in her position or your position because I can most of the time control it enough to do the things that make me feel uncomfortable Mm. But that's only because mine is not anywhere near on the same level or, you know, it's I don't even know how to explain it, but it's not the same. So I don't get it. But then I don't think Lauren gets it totally. And I'm sure you don't probably always get it because no, no, because it's so irrational. You know that it's a, it, it's it contradicts. And, yeah, yeah, there is no danger in, you know, when you've got with her, with her agoraphobia putting a uh the cash point card in and stuff what's the worst that can happen you can walk away from it but the, the, there there is no reasoning behind the danger no no and that's and that's why it's so hard for everyone to understand I think and then it's the same thing hard. with like what you were saying at the start there about how it's like you 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 logged into zoom yeah. you set everything up 20 minutes early you went to the toilet you went to the multiple times and and it's that same thing again that somebody that doesn't experience social anxiety would be just like, why don't you just rock up like five minutes before? Yeah. And the same as, you know, Lauren, 
might be like, well, I can't drive on this part of the road, but I yeah. can drive on another road. And someone that doesn't get it would be like, well, hang on a minute, what's the difference between that road and that road? Yeah. And 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 that's the thing. And and with other people with different things that trigger them or and different sort of types of anxieties. And and we've all, you know, when you hear of phobias, for example, you know, like the the more common ones, like people that are afraid of snakes or spiders or needles or and it's you can kind of although people almost sort of accept that mm. oh well a spider's scary you know because they're made to be scary they're meant to scare you but yeah. they can't get their head around why you'd be scared of something even though a spider's not going to hurt you no exactly it's tiny but then that's yeah, everyone and everyone is scared of something mm. It's, yeah. you know, and it's all, we've all got our own quirks. It's just that when you're in a situation that that anxiety is stopping you from living your life the way you want to live it, mm. yeah, um, that's, that's when it becomes a bit of a problem. So that's where you've gone into the coaching and your membership then to try and help people? How? how... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, the membership was literally just because I wanted to create a space that people could work on themselves. So um, every month we have like a different topic. And I do. Have you ever heard of EFT? I've heard of it. Yeah, I don't know much about it's it. It's EFT, emotional freedom technique, or it's sometimes called tapping. Oh, okay, yeah. Lauren hates it. <laughs> Literally, it's like one of the things that I, I'm. She's the only person I've ever met that it doesn't work on right. because she. It, it's basically you've got all these different points, and you tap on these points. And you say certain statements, and the idea is they're like um like an acupressure type um situation where you tap. Right. It's meant to release stagnant energy, and from a psychology perspective, by you repeating the statements as you're tapping, it almost rewires okay. your neural pathways. So you're kind of unlearning that that old behavior you're unlearning that kind of those negative beliefs that are keeping you stuck in that cycle of so if like for example with what you were saying about social anxiety mm-hmm. you would be tapping to try and change that belief so that you would be in a situation where you would feel much calmer and you would feel much more positive going into a situation like like a zoom call with somebody yeah. for example yeah, yeah. um so we have a different topic each month where we have a eft video right a guided meditation and then a workbook and then a call once a month. But it's, I wanted to do something whereby you've got the tools that you can try and help yourself basically. Cause ultimately you've got to want to help yourself. Haven't you? It's not something that you can just, no one's going to fix you. You've got to want to do it yourself. Which is a scary thing in itself because sometimes you feel bad when you're fixing yourself. Of course you do. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes it's not easier. That's that's a bit, uh, you know, wanky. Sometimes it's a bit, but it feels easier to not actually tackle the problem. Because it it almost becomes comforting because yeah. you know, and it becomes your identity. And the, the amount of times people be like, my anxiety, my anxiety this, my anxiety that. I can't do that because of my anxiety mm-hmm. or... I do like doing that, but, you know, my anxiety gets in the way. And it's like we almost forge our identity around this, but it's not your anxiety, my anxiety. It's not anyone's. It's just anxiety. It's not a thing that we own. It doesn't own us. But that's the other thing. Like, we put so much pressure almost on this and we cling on to it, not because we want to, but because we kind of... We, we we just think it's part of us. So we kind and of that bit of our personality that's not really our personality because you don't have anxiety when you're born, do you? No, but also, and this is something I was having this conversation with someone the other day. It's like anxiety is not the only emotion you experience. Even if you're really, really, you're a really anxious person and you experience mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety, that's not going to be what you feel. 24 seven, three hundred and sixty five days a year. No. You're going to feel happiness. You're going to feel sadness you're going to feel anger but you don't identify as all those other emotions because they're just emotions yeah yeah no you're right and it's but because we fixate on that even when we're not feeling anxious we then still identify as anxious and I think that's that's one of the big that was one of the biggest things for me to shift it's like I'm more than anxiety Mm -hmm. I'm not just 
yeah, anxiety. To some degree, you introduce yourself as, hi, I'm Gemma, I've got anxiety, wherever But you, you end up going like that. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I can't do that because I'm, I'm anxious, you know, I can't do that because of my anxiety or can't yeah. do this. And it's, it, it kind of then almost becomes a bit of a, almost like a comfort blanket yeah. but in a really, really weird way. Yeah. And then it's, it's, if there's anything we don't want to do and it, so we don't really want to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Oh, I can't do that because of my anxiety. It's not really an. It sounds like it's an excuse, but it's not an excuse. It's a a reasoning because you talk yourself out of being able to do these things. Or if, if you think what anxiety comes from, it's 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 there to protect us ultimately, right. because you'll have an experience in life. Prime example: when you feel anxious, like when you're saying about, oh, I've got to log into Zoom and I've got to do this. The way you're describing it, it feels like quite a mild, yeah, you know, experience. Yeah. Have you ever been really scared in in a split moment of like a in a social like so someone makes you jump or like you have a situation where you oh. know, you need you nearly fall down like we all do yeah. when we nearly slide down the stairs yeah. and you're like oh shit oh that was a close one yeah. that kind of feeling that oh my god and that that panic mm. that. Is, is us going into like an intense fight or flight situation yeah when you have a panic attack that's how you feel yeah and but, the, but for longer than that split second yeah exactly but because the reason being that when you have that nearly falling down the stairs mm. your body knows that that's that's a bad situation it's putting you into that fight or fright fight or flight yeah. because it's a dangerous situation when you're talking about I don't know. If someone stood in front of you with a gun, yeah, that's going to be really, really scary. Yeah, because it's a life-threatening situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but when you're applying that same reaction that you would have to going to the doctors or the dentist or something like that, which other people would deem as completely irrational mm. it's going to be because there is something that's happened at some point in your life that your brain has then deemed that that situation is worthy of that same response right and the anxiety is not there to cause us grief right. it's there to protect us safe, yeah and it's there to warn you oh my god this this situation is life or death you need to escape the same way as there's a person with a gun in front of you, you better yeah. run away or there's a lion or a tiger. Or, it's it's going from that. But when we're talking about kind of chronic anxiety, it's not a realistic um, or not realistic. That's the wrong word. It's not a um, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Like an appropriate response. That's yeah, not the word I'm thinking. Response. But yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Rational yeah. response to that situation. Yeah. But then a lot of the times the reason why we get triggered by things is because of things that happened to us when we were kids right yeah yeah no totally it makes sense it's just it it's then how you get through it isn't it and everyone's different with that as well right. and some people find things like meditation and yoga and eft and things like that help and counseling and working with people like me or journaling or everyone's got different things that work for them other people find exercise and you know going for a run or yeah. boxing or you know things that kind of get that energy out of their body in a different mm. way mm. because if you've got that again referring to the falling down the stairs thing because I think that's the one of the most accurate absolutely you know, we, we've all, all like, had that happen yeah. to us when there's an extra step and you hadn't realized it was there and or you, not there or whatever yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. oh my god and it's, it takes you a minute to get your breath back and then you still almost get that adrenaline running through yeah, you. Yeah. But if you've had that happening for an extended period of time, but your body doesn't know that it's safe, it's getting that energy out of your body so it's not just kind of laying around there. And then it, I assume it's kind of a learned behaviour, a panic attack, because you have one and then so you must go into that situation thinking, I'm going to have another one. Yeah, or so but then to... do you know how many people I know and I've worked with that end up having the situation where they end up becoming anxious of the anxiety? Yeah, and I've I I mean it's not even just one or two clients. I've had loads where 
they end up being like, well, I don't want to go out because I don't want to have a panic attack in front of people. No. And so their whole anxiety ends up becoming around the anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and- a certain level of anxiety, as you said about keeping safe, is a sense is a is a thing. I mean, you should have you should be worried about standing up in front of loads of people and making a fool of yourself. That, that normal anxiety is there. It's just the the level of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Same. Like you know, we we have that level of fear there, so we know that we don't. I don't know. Touch an electric yeah table or you know you don't put your hand in a saw or something you know we've got that kind of there as Mm. a as a preservation thing Mm. and you know when like you say we're not born scared of all these different things but then we get told or we see things or things happen that teach us that we should be fearful and some of that is warranted other things and it's funny when you start looking and doing like inner child work and stuff like that the things that if you look back can seem really really minuscule and it could even be something like I don't know your mum not wanting you to get too close to the edge of a a, like um on a pier or something Mm. and telling you that you know if you get too close to the edge you're going to fall in you'll drown and you'll die yeah. And it's like, but it's something that your mum might have just said yeah. off the cuff because yeah. she knows that, you know, you're a four-year-old and you you know that if you get too close, that actually that, that probably will happen or something like that. Or even something like your mum just telling you that, you know, well, don't go to the bin because there's a monster in there yeah, because she doesn't want you to go to the bin. And it's little things like that that you might not even as an adult remember the words that were used. Yeah, but yeah. then you almost get this fear and it's like, well, I mustn't go near that bin. I can't remember the reason, but there's a big reason and it's really dangerous. And then yeah. you might have an have an, a real fear of putting the rubbish out yeah. as an adult. Yeah. And it's completely irrational. Totally. But actually it comes back because yeah. you thought there was a monster in the bin when you was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And it's little things like that. It doesn't have to be this massive, traumatic, life-changing experience to cause us to have anxiety as adults. It can be something really small. Do you think you're predisposed, predisposed, that's the right word, isn't it, to being an anxious person? Because somebody else might have had that said to them by their mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be absolutely fine. And then you or I or whatever would have then not go near the bin. I think... I, I do think that you are predisposed, yes. Because um, I've often wondered, I'm the eldest of three girls mm-hmm. and we're all so different, right. so different, yet we've had the same upbringing, we've had yeah. the same experiences, we've had the same traumas. Yeah. Um, although I do think that we all experience families different, like depending on where you come in that, I'm the eldest, so... Yeah my experience obviously would be very different from that to my younger sister who's nearly seven years younger than me but I do think that whilst it's that nature versus nurture thing isn't it and I think that you can be predisposed to anxiety but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't overcome it yeah um the same way as someone that maybe isn't necessarily an anxious person by nature can still perhaps get triggered by things especially if they have had a particularly traumatic experience or something that's happened so I think it can affect anyone but also even if even if you are predisposed I don't think that it's something that you can't overcome and it's not a given that it will happen either to some degree no 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 and I think and even if you feel like you've had anxiety your whole life and that there's no way out and you know it's just one I I I, there is always a way out yeah it's funny, isn't it? I was just thinking when you said you you identify it, people wouldn't. For for me, it's definitely very mild. I mean, I you know I say I've got, but it, but it's affected me in as much as I've not gone to friends' houses when they've got girls round because I'm going on my own and I won't go. And then I sit in the house going, for God's sake! And I'd have been life and soul at that party mainly because I've had a few glasses of wine and started talking very um, inappropriate conversations because of my nerves and my anxieties. But I get really cross with myself when I, which is why now I'm like, no, you're going to do the podcast. You're going to go into, I went to the hospital yesterday to donate some of my books and stuff. And I didn't feel comfortable going in there. And I could have quite easily stayed in the car, turned around and gone back out again. But I'm forcing myself 
because I can force myself and I'm very aware that I can do that. But people who meet me don't just go, you're not anxious. You haven't got social anxiety. It's bloody ridiculous. You don't stop talking. No, because I've learned over the years that that's how I deal with it. Sometimes go over the top with the talking and become larger than life and people don't like me is how I used to be so that I wasn't sitting in a corner but it's quite a once I'm comfortable with people but it's it's funny when I was at uni which I say was in my 40s obviously I was with at uni with people that were younger than my kids and they got to know me quite quickly these two girls two Katie's um and if we were going into meetings and things, they'd always walk in first because they'd know that I'd be panicking about going in. When we had to do group presentations, I was the one who held up the poster and introduced the poster and let everybody else in the group do the talking, mm. which is, I mean, I was old enough to be all of their mothers. And yet I was the one that stood back because I just could not could not deal with it. But it, but have you always felt that way, though? This should this turning into account to us? <laughs> yeah, cure <laughs> me. That'd be great, Jen. Um, as long as I remember, yeah, I can yeah. remember being around a, a friend's house, um, like a group of us, and walking home, having wet myself because I was too embarrassed to ask to go to the toilet. Which is funny actually, because that was one of Lauren's anxieties at school. Um, when she was like really little, she used to come home. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren, sharing your innermost here. Um, yeah, used to come home from school because she was too anxious to ask the teacher if she could go to the toilet well I was mm. I can remember that particular occasion not asking I was embarrassed that I needed a wee I mean everyone goes for a wee but yeah. I was embarrassed it's like going to the toilet going for a poo in public toilets isn't it we all go can't do that we all poo so does it matter True. but you True. know and I try and rationalize that when I really have to go for a poo in a public toilet but yeah I couldn't I couldn't ask and it's I can't remember lots of instances and I can't remember specific ones. That's just one that stands out that I yeah. know that I was embarrassed to be me and ask and put myself out there. Mm. Um, but other than that, I I can't really remember. But I but a, a friend of mine that I worked with um, and I was 30 because it was my first job after me and my ex-husband split up. And she said to me about three or four months later, you're quite nice aren't you and I went <laughs> I like to think so yeah <laughs> I didn't like you when you first started working with us I went oh she went you walked in there like you own the place she went well, that's not you at all is it that was a complete front yeah mm. so it, I, I now try and tone that that bit of me down because I'm not a nice person I remember watching Big Brother and they voted someone out on the first night funny enough she was a male and they voted around the first night and she wasn't like that at all when you, you know, she said about all her anxieties and yeah. how she was larger than life. And I suddenly, it was a bit of a wake up call. I went, oh shit, I do that. I need if to you think around. of that fight or flight response. Yeah. You, yeah. You've got the fight there, right? And yeah. it's like, well, yeah. you're just, you're putting that front on because it's that shield and it's yeah. protecting you because it's yeah. not, it's not really you. No, and I and don't then, want it to be me. I don't want to be the person who doesn't talk and stuff like that. But of course not. But if you've got this kind of alter ego that is larger than life and is going in and is owning the place, and if they don't like her, yeah, that's not a reflection on you because that's her. It's not yeah, you. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's weird, isn't it? God, we're complex, aren't we? We are, but ultimately, all we want is to be loved. Yeah. And ultimately, if you know whatever's going on it it the the root cause 95 percent of the time is that we don't think we're good enough yeah I'm a, i mean i'm i'm a massive people pleaser and again in recent years trying to say no to people that i don't you know i still don't if someone i've had people come in and go oh god your house is dirty isn't it at that point i should go fuck off have you come to see me or have you come to see my house but i don't because that's embarrassing and i don't want to offend anyone yeah and everyone would think I would go fuck off because again, larger than life. But no, I just go, <laughs> yeah, okay. No, but that's it. But it's it's not a. I mean, that's really rude that someone would even say that to you. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> that is just piles, you know look at all the piles of ironing you've got around. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that says more about them than it does you. <laughs> no, absolutely, and I know that, and I would never dream of saying that. Even if I went round someone's house, thought, "Look, I know this is a shithole." No, you'd wait till you get outside and you'd ring your mate and go, "That house, Jesus Christ, I'd wipe my feet on the way out, dirty bitch." <laughs> but um, but yeah, you wouldn't say it to their face. No. Um, but no, but it's it's the the same thing with that though, isn't it? It's the that people pleasing. Yeah, yeah. Again, 
with that the social anxiety, not. it all ties in because yeah. if you're people pleasing, it's because you don't want people to not like you. No, exactly. And you don't want to be in a situation where you're, you know, someone might think badly of you. Yeah. And social anxiety, I mean, I experience social, I think most people do. Of course. And it's the way you come away after a conversation and you start overanalyzing. You think, <laughs> oh my God, I better sound like such a dick. <laughs> oh my God, why did I say that? Do you think I spoke too much? Did I not talk enough? Oh, I didn't ask them about this. Oh, they said that. And I'd, and then before you know it, you've wound yourself up yeah, yeah, when yeah. in reality, they either, they won't be thinking any of that or more than likely, because everyone's got their own shit, they're probably thinking about something that's not you. Yeah, exactly. But it's getting like going into the doctors, isn't it? I mean, I rehearse the conversation I'm going to have and then they don't answer me in the way they're meant to. And you're like, oh, that's thrown me. No, no, no. You, here's the script, guys. Have the script yeah. and then ask me the bloody question you were meant to ask me. But yeah, yeah exactly. It's, yeah, it's a weird that's... one, isn't it? So with your one-to-one -one clients and stuff, mm -hmm. you do this, chat to them and see where they've, where it's coming from and try and yeah, pretty much to be them. honest it's kind yeah. of like counseling yeah. but the difference between coaching and counseling if you think more have you ever had counseling uh only divorce counseling oh very nice yeah it was lovely my yeah, ex-husband yeah. didn't speak at all i think oh. we only went to one um yeah it's a complete waste of time oh wow oh no actually i have as well after my cancer I went okay yeah nice um, it was all right but by the time I'd gone and it was there wasn't a big gap but by the time I'd gone I'd got over myself the because I was a bit like oh shit what do I do now it's after I'd finished all my treatment and people say that's the worst time because you're kind of cut loose a bit and you're like oh no I don't know how to live I've spent the last yeah. year having weekly appointments and cancer is my life and now I, I don't I don't know how to deal with it and I had a bit of a crisis kind of like I don't know how to live life now but by the time I'd gone to it, it was probably only, I don't know, three or four weeks, I kind of got over, got over myself about it. And in yeah. fact, we just had chats and she was like, you don't really need me, do you? I'm like, no, not really. So I went two or three times, but I didn't, I didn't really need her. We just, because I'd, I'm very, I'm, a, I'm quite a self-aware person as well. So, mm. and I can chat to myself quite well and understand myself quite well I think so yeah, yeah that's really good so yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of like that so it's just kind of chatting and the the main difference um between what I do and what a counsellor does would be more that um obviously not in the case of the lady that you saw but um <laughs> there are obviously loads of different modalities of of counselling as there are lots of different ways of coaching but counselling certainly in my experience you kind of have your your 45 or your 50 minutes and you talk about stuff normally a lot about your past right and you kind of and again definitely in my experience with more of talking therapy not so much cbt that's a bit different but you kind of talk about what's happened you kind of air it out a bit and then you go and then you wait and then the next week you go back again and you kind of either continue that or sort something else and with cbt again completely different you don't actually talk about what's happened but you just talk about how to kind of change right your mindset if you like whereas with coaching it's a bit more we go through what's happened and we kind of go through but focusing more on what you want it to look like where do you want to be what do you want to feel like and how can we get you there and it's more practical in that sense in right. that um, tend to do like I say you, you do talk about whatever and sometimes I've got some clients some some weeks we just talk about their week because they might have had a really shit week and you know their husband's pissed them off and the kids have done their head in and they just want an hour to just vent and just yeah. get it all off their chest because sometimes that's just what you need yeah whereas other weeks it's like you know putting a plan in place getting more practical and a lot of homework and it's more over like a condensed time period because you're putting all your energy and your focus and your work in to getting you from where you are now to where you want to be right so that's that, that that's that, that's definitely the difference from my perspective and my experience mm. and with my experience with counseling mm. um, and that's why typically you would have a coach for far shorter time than you'd have a counselor right do you love it yeah <laughs> yeah I do <laughs> more it's just because 
I wish I had this when I was going through it, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you and feel that's like the thing, like, oh, and so many times, and I swear, I I tend to get clients that are like the same as me. And it, it's something I have to bite my tongue so much because they're saying things. I'm like, yes, yes, I know exactly what you think. Yeah, you have to yeah. try and like sit back and like act cool and not not seem like you're stalking them or that you're trying to copy everything that they're saying but it's it's so often the case you relate to the people who relate to you oh so much so and when they're saying stuff and you just kind of want to be like it gets so much better I promise you like but then that's what they want to see don't they that's what they want to hear to some degree because why would they talk to you if they didn't want to get better and the reason they're talking to you because yes you've still got anxiety but you on the whole manage your anxiety and live a fulfilled yeah no free-ish life but it takes a big step to sort of get out of that that victim mindset yeah and I think a lot of the times people are walking around looking for which which it's no wonder like we were saying at the start of the, the call about like the NHS and that you kind of go to someone, you expect to be given a pill and you walk away thinking that that's going to fix you. Mm-hmm. Because for everything else, you do go to the doctors. Normally you'll get given a prescription of some sort and you do walk away and that's going to fix you. Yeah, yeah. But the the thing when you're looking at something like mental health is that you have to put the work in. It's yeah. not, it doesn't happen overnight and there's no quick fixes. A healing journey is not linear you know, it's not to say that you're going to get gradually better every single day. You're going to have yeah. some days you feel great. You have some days you feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just making sure that you're overall moving in the right direction. Yeah. And you've got to obviously want to be and be committed. There's no point in going into it if you're, oh, I should I should get over it, but I know I'm not going to. You've got to go into it with the right attitude, surely, or? Yeah, and you can... You can always tell when someone is very firmly in that victim mindset. Right. And it's not something that you're not going to break free. If that, what we were saying before about how like anxiety could be a little bit of like almost like a comfort blanket for mm. some people. Mm. And it's kind of like people, when they're very, very firmly in that victim mindset, it's like you can't there's only so much you can do for people yeah. and that that's something that that's one of the hardest bits of this is that you often end up in a situation where you can get quite frustrated or you come away and you think oh like I want to do this I want to do that but you can't fix them they have yeah. to want to do it themselves yeah yeah, yeah. kind of got hit rock bottom some people don't they before they yeah yeah, yeah. and and but, but like exactly that. it's the same sort of thing isn't it you've got to kind of hit rock bottom before you can work your way back up yeah and some people they don't have to and some people you know they like you say like yourself you're very (laughs) self-aware and kind of just like oh you know I need to do this I need to do that but it's the same like with things like you think about weight as well like people and it's very very similar the same way as you've got those people that are like oh I want to lose weight I feel fat I feel this I feel that but then they're getting a McDonald's on the way home or eating oh, cake. Or, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but, and I'm, I'm exactly the same, Mel, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I'm the first one to bang on about needing to lose weight. Go on a diet, Gemma. Do some exercise, Gemma. Mm, yeah. Now nah, I'm all right. I don't want to lose it that much. No, but exactly. Do, right, but that's an instant magic pill to do it. Right, exactly. Yeah. If someone was to go yeah, no. to me, yeah. here, take this tablet and you're going to wake up in the morning a toned size 10, I'd be yeah. like, lovely. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't want to cut out all the food. I don't want to exercise. And um, so, yeah, I'm just going to stay fat, thanks. Um, but it's the same with your mental it health. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. like, and working, you have to work it out. You have to, the same way as you would show commitment to going to the gym. Yeah, yeah. So really, You have to show really, that same commitment to your mental health. It's a really good comparison, actually. Yeah. Really good. But see, I chose to work on my anxiety and stay fat. Oh, I like your thinking. Well, that's obviously yeah. what I'm doing as well. Well, definitely. Cake is too nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not that much of a cake person. No, to be I, I'll be honest, neither am I savoury. I love me some chips, though. Yeah, me too. And pasta. Too. I'm a big carb lover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not ideal, is it? Unless you move a lot. I did see someone Which on I Instagram. Don't. <laughs> I did see someone on Instagram today. Very proud of herself that she'd made herself an omelette and put all the calories on there. It's the first time she'd made an omelette. She's mid 30s I think now um put all the calories on there and how much protein was in there and said I'm just ignoring the fact that I had a bag of Maltesers as my starter oh I love that 
absolute class i just thought yeah oh, that's my girl that's my girl yeah, Love literally it. yeah yeah definitely uh, no but healthy for me is getting pizza from pizza express and not dominoes oh is it is it healthier i get yeah a little bit of salad on there oh and elliot knows what it is if it comes in a box do you know what's really funny i'll tell you this right so <laughs> this is in any way anxiety related but you'll laugh at this so <laughs> We do, we do, we don't get pizza all the time. Like Ben does all the cooking. I don't do any cooking, but um, I was out somewhere. I might, I think it was a night actually Lauren and I went to see Elf. Exactly. It was. And she's told me the story, but please. Oh, okay. I'll tell you. Right. So Ben, Ben went because Elliot loves pizza and Ben said, I'm going to get pizza for me and Elliot. I said, oh yeah, all right. So for context as well, we're all vegan because Elliot's got egg and dairy allergies. Ben's bought this pizza and he's gone to Elliot pizza and Elliot's like, yeah. Really and he's gone out and he's looking out the window. And Ben's gone, no, I've cooked it. Elliot refused to eat it because pizza only comes in a box. I love that. From the front door. <laughs> um, so yeah, he refused to eat it. It's Ben had to make him pasta instead. First world um, problems and all that lot from a three. Yeah, literally. Three, four. <laughs> so he, yeah, three years old, he will only eat pizza out of a box. Will not eat it if it comes out the oven. Oh, We've created a monster. Exactly. I love that. When she oh, told me that, it's increases. So no, that's why I said it. it, it he obviously yeah. doesn't recognise it unless it comes in a box. No, literally. has to come out of a box. Love that. Love mm. that. Who inspires you, Gemma? I asked this of Lauren the other day. She went, are you fishing? Yeah, bloody am. If you don't say me, that's it. Did, did she say you? <laughs> Actually. But I was sat next to her at the time, so she couldn't really yeah, say Yeah, I mean, she couldn't really not say it, could she? Yeah. Um, that's a very good question. So, inspiration comes from lots of different places, not really just one yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. It's like a mixture of different people, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah, there's a lady friend of well, mine who inspires you then maybe rather than who it's but it's more different people it's like different okay. people that have done different things and it's like i say like this lady that um a friend of mine she had she died recently actually which was very sad but she she was just amazing and like the way that she lived her life and things that she did and the way that she helped people i find that really inspiring and that kind of and I've got a few people like that that I kind of look to, if you like, for inspiration. Yeah. But just like even, I'll use Lauren as an example. Like, like Lauren, I find inspiring. Like yeah. the way that she has done what she's done with her business. And I'm always blowing smoke up her ass anyway. But <laughs> she's like, and the stuff she's doing with, with anxiety and just everything like that. And I just think yeah. it doesn't really come from one person or from one type of thing, but more seeing people doing things that they love with their life helping people and just yeah. kind of yeah 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 people yeah. are amazing aren't they and not just lauren even though we've both just said lauren yeah she is amazing i'll speak to some other people who don't know lauren and maybe they'll come up with something else. awkward um <laughs> but yeah no but, but but in general just yeah people loads of different people i suppose really people who are and, putting themselves out there and doing yeah. some amazing things yeah yeah what are your goals and dreams for the future that's a big one as well sorry it is isn't it it doesn't have to be work related it can be life related i actually have a vision board behind me can you see it oh uh, oh yeah 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 i have some goals on there anything else on it yeah i'm going disney next month oh okay so (laughs) (laughs) i have i so one of my goals is to help thousands of women feel more calm and in control oh my god that's amazing um other goals that i have is to learn to trust my body my judgment my intuition wow um and to be honest lauren will piss herself when she does hear this (laughs) i've got a thing about being rich right but i don't envisage me earning the money i envisage me winning it okay so you know that's a goal win the lottery okay do you do the lottery i mean no okay but i don't feel that that would stop me if it's meant to be it will be because somebody might buy you a ticket or buy me a ticket or i might buy one on the odd chance you know i don't see the point in committing every week i did that for a while and i didn't win it just give me the hump yeah yeah 
and then you can't check if you did you do regular numbers as well no well we, we had a fam family syndicate oh yeah so it's like every week we've got numbers different numbers pick a oh. mix or lucky dip or whatever that's not call. so bad then is it because then you'll never know whether you were going to win i had birthdays and stuff so i had to stop oh. looking and now yeah. I've, I've luckily they're not on on a saturday night now for you to see you have to kind of go and oh do you still do it no 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 oh. i haven't done it for years so but i know i probably well i wouldn't know my numbers because their birthdays haven't changed this <laughs> so is true I, think I could probably work it out different husband different birthday but other than that it's yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd remember my granddad has done it every single wow. week since it started which was about 92 yeah like it's got to be 30 years ago yeah yeah so he's done it every week he wow. used to do a saturday they live in spain now so he does the euro millions on a friday right but it's like got to the point where he's like Obviously, you can't stop because if he stops now, he'll win. <laughs> like, and it, uh, does he use the same numbers as well? Then no, no. Oh, so he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't know whether he'd win. But you no, because he would. He would convince himself. I reckon a pound. I mean, I don't know how much a pound a week is. Fifty-two. No, I think it's like two pound fifty now for a oh, line. Oh, there we go. I was going to say it's quite a lot of money if you'd have put it in a money box. You know. No, tell me about it. It's my inheritance. Okay. He's spunking up the wall. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to win it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what I keep telling him. He needs to. He needs to win. I want ten million. That's all I want. Not asking much. Oh, okay. You've got actually got a figure on it as well. Yeah. Oh. And it's is it true? Fine. Is it true that you've know how you're going to spend? That? Oh, she's already told you. Yes, it is true. Very true. Down to the penny. In I think fact. you actually spoke about it on one of your podcast episodes. Oh, probably. Yeah, I have done. I talk about it quite a bit. Lauren finds it hilarious. She tells people all the time. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sure. But it's, 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 I can't even tell you. It's something like, I just, it's like a knowing. Oh. I don't know. I don't know where it's come from. I just know. And it's a great goal, but it's probably more of a dream. But is it though? It's just something like, I know it. Like I know, I don't know. Like I know Christmas is going to come. I know I'm going to win the lottery. I can't even explain it to you. <laughs> no, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's I, like, not... I don't, and I wouldn't mind. I don't even want like, because. We, we, we played the lottery was like 145 million i said to ben i went i don't want that much i'm not asking much i mean 10 million is quite a lot well i did want a million to start with but you know inflation cost of living's gone right up yeah, it's the house isn't it where you live probably bloody hell i'll clear my mortgage and i wouldn't have much left no, exactly what's the no. point in that no, you, definitely I, need, you definitely need a couple all i want is i want to because my son was born in my house so I don't really want to sell it. I'd like to be able to rent it out. Right. Because I don't like living here particularly. I would like to build myself a house. Right. And on my land, I'd like to build a bungalow so my grandparents can come and live with me. Oh. That's, that's all I want. Oh, and but I want my house to be off grid, like self sufficient or whatever it's called. You just work a bit harder then. Yeah. Mm. That's hard work though, isn't it? It's effort. I mean, too hard work, really. I don't charge enough for me coaching. <laughs> I mean, you're very good. I'm cu cured from social. Oh, good. You can write me a review. <laughs> I'll put my prices up. Ten million pound ago. I mean, a million maybe. Get ten clients. Don't be lazy. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> well, I wrote some before I start this pod. I just because again, like, oh my god, what am I going to talk to people about? Oh my god, we'll run out of things to say. So I wrote some random example questions. Yeah. My net, my one of them. I've just looked down, and it's like if you could wave a magic wand and change anything, what would it be? Your money. Ah, oh, ten million. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, but what can you not buy with that much money? Yeah, you couldn't buy a luxury yacht and a luxury house probably because a luxury. I yacht wouldn't want all that. Money. I wouldn't want all that faffing about. We'd have to sort. Out, no, just yeah. want a nice house. Yes, Don't want a big cleaner. house either. No. I always used to say that, but then I thought if I could afford a mansion, I could probably afford a cleaner. I've got a cleaner now. Oh, You'd need two with a big house, wouldn't you? Housekeeper. I would have a housekeeper as it goes, quite happily. <laughs> would Ben give up the cooking or does he quite like that? I don't know. We'd have to ask him. Yeah. Maybe he'd take it in turns. Let the housekeeper do it. I know three nights a week he'd do the rest. <laughs> and nice. one night a week for pizza, keep Elliot. Yeah, I was going to say, Tuesday you're all right. Two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mummy cooks. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, is there anywhere, anything else you want to mention while we're on? Any anything you're doing that you'd like to talk about? Oh, that kind of mention. Um, anything you'd like to mention? <laughs> no, not really. Mm. Got, got yeah. 
if you've got anxiety and you'd like some help with that, feel free to give me a shout. Yeah. Well, if you send me, when we finish, send me all your bits and pieces and I'll put them all on the episode. Oh, dear. Thank you. Um, and yeah, then people can get it. I think this is lovely what you're doing, though. Thank you. Yeah. As long as I, 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 tried, I tried to get my dad to read your book. Oh, <laughs> really? He's, he, he can't read. Like, he can read, obviously. <laughs> I don't mean like he can't obviously. read. It's just the way he's just like it. he hasn't got an attention span like right. so he'll listen to like audio books and stuff like that and i was like no read this book i said it's my friend's mom anyway wouldn't so i sent him the podcast interview that we did right and he listened to that and then he was like i'm really gonna try and read her book well i might i'm planning on recording it if i can okay. and we go to spain next week um and as you know we've got a cave there so everything's very quiet in cave rooms so i'm planning Where on is your cave um it's about it's between alicante and granada um right, my a, grandparents live um basically that it's sort of on the side of the caves but oh, they've got caves so they're their villas here right and then the caves that they did live in a cave for a while while their villa was finishing being built okay so yeah but the the rest of the houses are caves so whereabouts are they they are in a very small little village up in the mountains but it's sort of um oh, muthi away yeah but what's the what the village is called that oh los Rodeos. no i don't know it Cam, campo, campo del rio is the nearer one right yeah we're wesca which is galera the um often on the telly on placing the sun and stuff the place where they take people to look at caves is around our area there's other areas in spain that have caves um What's your what's your one called? Wesker. H U E S C A R. Think about that then. So yeah. This is interesting on the pod, isn't it? But you know. No, it's like six Bear hours. with us, mate. Bear with us. Six hours. Oh shit. Long way away. That is a long way away. Walking? Are we walking <laughs> now? <laughs> I did just check that because I thought, shit, have I done walking? No, it's so I'm having a look at the microphone now. Oh, yeah, you're not doing a video thing, are no, you? No, I'm not. That's fine. That's, that's, so, they... Alaka... so Muthi is here. Yeah. I say it falls in Muthi where they are. Yeah. So they're here, and it says you're up there. Oh, no, you oh, didn't put an R on the end. Oh. You did Wesker without an R. I was thinking, Jesus Christ. Oh, if there we go. How, what, oh. How, six hour bite. Oh. We're now down to a cheeky hour and 25. <laughs> <laughs> We did stay in the other Wesker on our way back last time when we drove back. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, so you go past Lorca. Yeah, we do. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we drive down to Murphy and then inland towards yeah. Granada. Nice. Yeah. Very it's lovely. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I'm planning on potentially recording the audio while I'm in the cave. Because yeah, no, I can be hide good. under a duvet and there won't be noise because even noise from, I haven't got a studio, obviously, um, noise from. Uh, central heating and cars going past and stuff can be obviously you don't want that on you've there you've got so. a microphone haven't you I have yeah because that does a bit of noise cancelling as well yeah, yeah. It? it might be alright I don't know I'd rather somebody else read it because I don't like the sound of my own voice she says recording a podcast oh no you've got a lovely voice but I, it's my story isn't it so it seems a bit weird to have somebody else do the voice for it yeah so, so yeah, you've got so a lovely then... voice you should definitely read it yourself Oh, and it'll come across that. more like from you then, wouldn't I it? I sound like I'm asking a question all the time though, because that's what I do when I'm talking, like recording a little bit on my own. Every the the all the sentences go up at the end like I'm asking questions. Upwards inflection. Yes, <laughs> something similar to that. <laughs> I uh, I take yeah, um, I take the mick out of my other half when he does that sometimes because he used to live in Canada, <laughs> and he he when we started dating, he just got back. And he, everything was like a question. And it was always like upwards inflection. And and the other thing he used to do, he says, he still does it now, says router instead of router. Oh. And when we started dating, he said water instead of water. <laughs> when Lauren spent six months in Canada when she was 18, me and her friend Jess went and picked her up from the airport. And she got really upset, Jess. She was like, I don't want this Lauren. I want my old Lauren. Because she came out with such a strong accent. And it was a good good two to three weeks before she lost it and and it was just you know it was just her picking it up but then she even starts saying putting it in like put it in the trash I'm like lauren it's the rubbish get yeah. rid of the canadian in you yeah 
but yeah, you were again, you either someone who picks up accents or you're not, aren't you? And she no, def- definitely, she definitely was. Uh, it's been lovely chatting, Jim. Yeah, and to you. And um, I'll speak soon, no doubt. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to all your podcast episodes. Thanks, love. <laughs> I Have a great be- time in Spain. Thank you, love. I'll I'll be there by the time this goes out, but. In fact, I might well, even be back, but you know. Enjoy. Speak to you soon. See you later. Bye. Okay, bye. If you've got this far and you're still listening, thank you so, so much. But seriously, who knew we'd learn that today? If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review where you listen to your podcasts and follow me on social media where you can hear about upcoming episodes and also find out where to buy But Seriously Who Knew, my book all about my cancer experiences, plus a bit more. <laughs>